0: My message title is actually called Give God the Glory and it's actually been a kind of a cool morning so far. It's fun. Well, I don't want to use the word funny. It's interesting to see God work as we come together and we pray and people are speaking and it's tying in with the message and then we're worshiping and the songs are tying in with the message and I just felt like I really felt like we should have kept going this morning a little longer in worship like it was it was good you guys did a great job you really did but it's like I felt like we should have kept just kept going a little further pushed in a little harder but we could yeah exactly could go forever right so anyway, I've been, I've been back and forth on what I should preach on this week, uh, you know, after my message last week where I shared a little bit about my story, my redemption, and the need for us to share the love of Jesus with others, and I kept coming back to, the word, to, to how sovereign God is, right? How sovereign God is, and the word glory kept going through my mind, so I figured, well, that's probably the way I should go and, and deliver and, and start uh, writing a message on the glory of God. So what is glory and why should we glorify Him? When we talk of the glory, we're talking about greatness and splendor and majesty that is Him. And if we are to think about it, the creator of the universe, the God who knit you together in your mother's womb, really does deserve glory and honor because He is great. Can we say God is great? Yes, He is. We give God glory through acts of praise and obedience, and believers are to glorify God in their lives as Jesus glorified Him in His life. Now, I have nine verses of Scripture I want to read, so bear with me. It's from Psalm 96, and it's um, verses 1 through 9. And it says, Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Each day proclaim the good news that He saves. We could stop there. That's an entire message in itself. He saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations are mere idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and beauty fill his sanctuary. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before him. We got the opportunity this morning to worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. I think sometimes we take for granted how good he is in our lives. And when we have that opportunity to worship on Sunday mornings, we should be entering in fully and completely. So we as Christians should be glorifying God in all that we do, which means putting him first and above all else in our life. I'm going to be real with you for a moment. This is hard. For me, anyway, you may all have surrendering down, surrendering to Him mastered in your life, but I don't. Living for myself ki- uh, kicks in far too often in my life. Years ago, I did this. It's called a 360 assessment on myself. So basically, what it is is you answer all of these questions about how you see yourself in, you know, in and this is in the work environment how you see yourself, and then you can send a link to your team and your superiors and your subordinates and even some family and friends, and they answer the questions anonymously. This program then accumulates the results, and I get them. And the common theme that came back from everybody was that I was a micromanager, that I needed to be in control of everything and to be in the know about everything, this not only showed up in my work life, but also in my Christian walk. It's difficult to surrender completely when you want to be in control and micromanage everything. Anybody else like that? I'm not the only one, right? Not the only one? Okay, thanks. Thanks for a few hands. Thanks for a few heads. <laughs> David worked me for, with me for a while, so he knows I was a micromanager. So and guess what? Here's something I discovered. You can't micromanage God. And we're to look to him as our example. And you know what? He doesn't micromanage us. We have free will. He's the God of the universe. And why do we think, why should I think I could micromanage him like I did my team? Arrogance. That's what it is, really, at the end of the day. Happily, I can announce today that I've, got, uh, I've grown a lot since that assessment and I've learned to let go and give up some control of my team, that is. Not so much in my reliance on myself, though. I know this may surprise some of you, but I'm a work in progress. I have yet to become the perfect Christian. So now back to our scripture for a second in Psalms. Here we see the author proclaiming that every new thing that God does deserves a new song to, be made, to make it known. And that every day we should be telling others that he saves. Telling all that will listen about the good things he's done for us. So have you been watching for the good things He's doing for you or done for you? Are you even aware of what He has done for you or is doing for you? Honestly, just offering us salvation through His Son is more than enough to justify us glorifying Him in every way every day. But I have a question. How much time do you spend glorifying Him or thanking Him for what He's doing in your life outside of Sunday morning? I, for one, do not do it enough and need to be better. We need to learn to be intentional intentional in our glorifying Him. Psalm 86.10 from the message says, There is no one quite like you among the gods, O Lord, and nothing to compare with your works. All the nations you made are on their way, ready to give honor to you, O Lord, ready to put your beauty on display, parading your greatness and the great things you do. God, you're the one. There's no one but you. So can you list some things right now that he's done for you this past week or this past month? I asked a few friends, uh, I sent a few messages out this week on Facebook Messenger and I said, hey, here's what I'm preaching on. Here's the verse. I want to know, are you aware of what God has been doing in your life? Can you share some stories with me? One I got was provided me with a home that I own. Not just a house, but a large, spacious place. Something that he promised me years ago. I want you to listen to that. Promised years ago. And I discovered how many years it was. It was 15 years ago this promise was given to this person, and they held fast to that promise. Didn't give up. How many of us would have given up sooner than the 15 years and not realized the promise. Another said they received a healthy and happy new great-granddaughter. We could probably guess who that is. (laughs) During the last month, uh, um, someone else said this, during the last month, I really felt how God has put people around me and my family. It seems just when my brain starts to think a little bit too much, there's a phone call or my doorbell rings. Isn't God's timing amazing? When my brain starts to think a little too much, and those rabbit holes are sometimes places I don't need to go, they're not—they're not good for me. And the prayer support has been phenomenal. I got a message uh, um, last night late, so I added it to it, Um, and she said, "Hi Al, I want to thank the Lord because He has delivered me from anxiety since the beginning of my calling in 2007." All I have faced from people I had to work with in the church was rejection, hostility, and so on. The only thing that sustained me all along was to stay obedient. By the way, my calling was to serve him with the body he gave me based on Hebrews 10.5, which says, uh, that is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you don't want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. After years and years of obedience, the Lord has sent me, and she's part of the Maxwell team, Maxwell Leadership French team, where I'm serving and equipping people to bring change and transformation to their lives, environments, so that they can live a life of significance. This woman's in a wheelchair, and she's using her body to serve others and glorify God. One person sent me Colossians 1.17, and it says, He is before all things, and in all things hold together. And he went on to say that God has renewed his heart to remind him that he is the author of his life and through him he can rest knowing that God is in control. That same person sent me this. He and his wife booked a trip. Their flight got delayed four times to get to Cuba for their vacation. Much needed, well-deserved vacation. When they arrived, the manager of the resort met them and upgraded them to the best room in the facility, a 1,600-square-foot room bigger than my house. It's bigger than my house. And then they got delayed on the way home three times. Someone from the airline actually reached out and reimbursed them $1,850. So they ended up with a trip to Cuba, a four and a half star resort, best room in the facility for a thousand bucks. A friend from overseas was able to renew him and his and his family's visas for another 12 months, and that happened miraculously in just a short window of time. And then there's a story about God providing soup. Well, really? Soup? Yes. This person started out saying, thoughts of continuous provision come to mind. Luke eleven eleven. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is his father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a, ask a fish, will for a fish give him a serpent? And he says, tells the story, about two weeks ago, I asked my wife if she would consider making samaborscht. Did I say that right? Close enough? Okay, samaborscht. She said she was out of the main savory herb needed to make this. A few minutes later, one of our neighbors asked if they could borrow a few potatoes, which we've gratefully and willingly gave them. A few hours later, we came home to discover a container with a meal's worth of summer sitting on our back door entry as a thank you for the potatoes given. The neighbor knew nothing at the time what I had asked for my wife earlier. Are these great things? It's really, I'll say it, it's cool how God works, but we need to be aware of and look out for these things in our life. Now, all these things are great. And I want you to be intentionally aware of what is going on in your life over the next week. Look for God in everything. This is now at the top of your awareness. Look for God in everything. And be sure to sing a new song expressing to him your gratitude when you see what, is, what he has done. Now, maybe you don't need to break out into song. You aren't living a musical. But you can definitely stop and pray and thank him. So, how many know that we need to glorify God for sustaining us during the difficult times too? Right? We agreement there. This friend messaged me; they had cancer, was going through a different kind of chemo because all all else had failed. But along with this chemo came the risk of organ failure and her becoming disabled. She goes on to say, "It was a black hole. Being disabled seemed worse than death, but in the most terrible place ever imagined, God was there. He was sovereign." I understood what Job Job had experienced when he said, I have heard of God and now I have seen him. In 2016, after two years, I was declared healed. I have a new energy, an unimaginable freedom, and nothing scares me anymore. I learned to let go. I became became fully me, free of my fears, connected to my emotions, transformed my understanding and and restored what a grace, a new life, each day a gift to get the essential and make a difference in this world. Another friend shared with me, and this, this is a recent hurt for them, that their adult daughter recently revealed to the family that about seven years ago she was raped by a family friend. And that they immediately leaned into the arms of God to give them wisdom, discernment, and hope for the days and actions ahead. He said, "God has been faithful to sustain them moment by moment and day by day." He closed his message to me with the statement that they are very thankful for His care. All of these were shared with permission of the people who shared them with me. In Habakkuk 2:14, it says, "For as the waters fill the sea, the earth will be filled with an awareness of the glory of the Lord." So I challenge you: be on the lookout. And when you see something, I want you to share it. Share what God is doing in your life. You can share it on the Jewels page. You can share it on the Mighty Men of Valor page. You can share it on the church Facebook page. And give God the glory. But I want you to share it and look for it. So I hope that these examples and stories prove to you my next point. That God is entitled to be glorified. Can we agree on that? If we go back to our initial verse in Psalm 96, we see sentences like great is the Lord and that he is most worthy of praise. The author goes on to mention that the gods of other nations are mere idols. And one of my commentaries actually uses the word demons when, for that word, idols. He then tells us to give the Lord the glory he deserves. Now, I found a great article online Everything else in my message is, is divinely downloaded, David. It's, not, it's not, not stolen from anybody. I found an, odd, odd, an article online <laughs> when you said that. I don't know if you saw me when you said that. Let's do everything that Al does, steal everything. I don't steal. I always give credit. This is from desiringgod.org. If anybody gives care and look up, okay? I was sitting there when you said that. And I laughed because I knew I had this article in here. All right, so... <laughs> So, but this is, this is really good, and I want, you to, I want you to hear the words of this article because it's really good. If you are most satisfied in family or job or fame or success or money or food or music or health or staying alive, if you are most more satisfied in any of those than you are in God, then you diminish the glory of God and you magnify the glory of what you're most satisfied by. That's good. But there's more. (laughs) And the Bible makes clear that we should live in order to display the supreme worth and beauty and the glory of God. Listen to this. That's our primary reason for existence. Our primary reason for existence is to display the supreme worth and beauty and glory of God. He goes on to say in the article, now there's two main challenges that Satan uses to diminish the glorification of God in our lives by causing us to value something else more than we value God. One of those is pain and the other is pleasure. Those are Satan's two strategies for ruining the way we glorify God. Pain can cause us to value something else more than God by making us angry at God that we have this pain and making us want to be done with it more than we want to embrace God which means that pain is a golden opportunity for us to glorify God by showing how much more we value Him than we value comfort or being free from this pain. Pleasure can also cause us to cherish something else more than God, not by making us angry at God, but by making us forget God, because we are so satisfied in the pleasures of of His gifts that He gives us. And we can see that in Ezekiel 16, 14, 15, where God says to Israel, says, And your renown went forth among the nations because of your beauty, for it was perfect through the splendor that I, God, bestowed on you, declares the Lord. So he's like, your beauty, your splendor, but you trusted in your beauty and played the whore harsh word God doesn't pull any punches right <laughs> he's gonna say it like it is he's gonna say it like it in other words God gave Israel this great gift of beauty and instead of leading them to glorify God for this gift they fell in love with the gift they preferred the gift over the giver and they dishonored God by not being satisfied in God but fell in love with God's good gift Pain and pleasure are Satan's strategies that could ruin our glorification of God. Withholding good things can ruin us. Giving us good things can ruin us. Both can be an occasion for dishonoring God and not glorifying Him or for indeed glorifying Him. So in those situations, we need to remember, are we glorifying the gift or the pain, the pleasure, or are we going to glorify Him through it? We need to do what the psalmist says. It says, give... To the Lord, the glory he deserves. And another important reminder, when, we focus on the, uh, when, when the focus of the glory is shifted to us, we need to remember Psalm 1. It says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. I love that. His unfailing love and faithfulness. So our first point today is that as believers, we are to glorify God. Point two is that God is entitled to be glorified. And our third point is that glorifying God is the believer's natural response to him, or at least should be. Psalm one eighteen twenty eight 28 to 29 from the Passion Translation says this, For you are the God of my life, and I lift you high, exalting you to the highest place, so let's, on, let's keep on giving thanks to God for He is good. His constant tender love lasts forever. In this verse, we see that God should be exalted to the highest place, which means to be celebrated and honored and distinguished and made famous and glorious. But doesn't this sound like mankind these days? maybe even some of our political leaders, trying to exalt themselves to the highest place. I found one commentary about those who self-exalt themselves, and the author says this. The self-exalted person is he who thinks he stands on his own merits. Self-exaltation is is an excessively intensified sense of well-being, power, or importance. At its worst... It is a self-tribute, self-praise, self-honoring, self-glorifying, and self-worshipping. I think if we add self to all this stuff, we're really excluding God from the picture, aren't we? And he says this, and this is, I like the statement, it overtly breaks the first three commandments by placing oneself as more important than God, setting oneself up as an idol, and, make, and making the name of one's God I or me. That's good. Yeah, that's a scary place. Paul gives Christians a warning about falling into sin in 1 Corinthians 10, 12. He says, if you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. One other version puts it this way, and I think it's perfect for, for tying in with this self thing. Don't be so naive and self-confident. You are not exempt. You could fall on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless cultivate God confidence. So how do we have God confidence? We exalt Him. We glorify Him, and we put Him first in our life and everything that we do. Do as the psalmist, the psalmist says in Psalm 86, 12, it says, With all my heart I praise You, O Lord, my God. I will give glory to Your name forever, for Your love is, for me is great. You have rescued me from the depths of death. Do you realize that He's rescued you I shared last week that I believe God has rescued me, and if you really do think about it, He has rescued you as well. You are sitting here today or watching today because He ran to you when He called His name. It used to be an old song. I can't remember who saying it, but run to me. Like it, it, it tells the story of but like sort of the prodigal son coming home, right? The father ran to him. God is running to you this morning. All you have to do is say, Lord, I need you, and He is going to run to you. leaping over the mountains. I love that. Thank you. When you say, Lord, I need you in my life, he enters it. He saved you from death. He promised you eternal life. And when was the last time you thanked him for that amazing gift? Lord, I thank you that I have life in you. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 from the Amplified says this, In every situation no matter what the circumstance. So no matter what's going on, in how, what situation? Every situation. No matter what the circumstance, be thankfully and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So when are we to give thanks? Every situation. Always. So this brings us to our final point. God is glorified in Jesus. Jesus came to earth, lived his life, was put to death and raised back to life in three days later so that we can have a relationship with the Father. And every time he spoke, um, well, a lot of the times he spoke in the Bible, he was always, he was glorifying God. He was elevating God above himself, putting God above himself. And he really was the perfect example of how to glorify God. Look at this, John 14, 13. So you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Why will he do it? So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. John thirteen thirty one. It's time for the Son of Man to enter into his glory and God will be glorified because of him. John 17, 4. Jesus speaking here. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Time after time, Jesus taking the focus off of himself and putting it back on the Father. Really a true illustration of humility. I think often we're standing here saying, you know, look at me, look at me, when we should be saying, look at what God has done in my life. And you can experience this too if you just give him a chance. If it's a good thing, wow, then praise his name. If it's a bad thing, well, thank him for the grace that's getting you through that situation. But in all things, glorify him. Church, we need to do better at this. And again, I challenge you this week to look for what he is doing, see what he is doing, and then glorify him for what he is doing in your life. Can you do that? And share it. Again, not for your glory, but to bring glory to Him. So, really quick, I want to wrap up, like a little rapid fire session here, some reasons to glorify God. For His for reasons to glorify God this coming week. Are you ready? Here we go. Number one, His holiness. Psalm 99.9 says, "For the glory, for the Lord of, uh, uh, sorry, for the Lord our God is holy." Psalm ninety-nine For His great deeds, Isaiah 25.1. He says, "You do such wonder, wonderful things." Number three, for his loving mercy, Psalm 63.3, your unfailing love is better than life itself. And number four, his righteous judgments, Romans 11. He says, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. Church, he deserves it. He loves us. He's proven it over and over again in my life, and if you look for it, you can see it in your life too. So glorify him. Do as Psalm 96.1 says, Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name each day. When? Each day proclaim the good news that He saves. So how do we do this? We praise Him. We live for Him. We do the works that bear fruit in our lives. And most importantly, don't forget to thank Him. Thank Him. Express your gratitude to him for what he's done. I think we often get wrapped up in the busyness of life and our days go by and we forget to. We forget to acknowledge what he's doing in our life. And I want you to be just top of mind this week going forward. As you leave this building today, watch for it, okay? Can I have everybody's commitment? We're going to watch for God working in our life this week. Yes? 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 Okay, if you online, give us a thumbs up or a like if you're going to watch for what God is doing in your life this week. So let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you that you are at work in our life. And Father God, I just pray that you would just help us to remember these words this morning, Father to put you first in everything we do, to to look for the things that you're doing in our life that we may not even be aware of at this moment. I mean, I have breath in my lungs right now because of you, Father. Thank you for the breath in my lungs. Thank you for the opportunity to come into this building this morning or to be able to tune in online and watch a message and, and hear your word, Father. And Lord, we just give you all the glory and the honor that really you do deserve, Father. We thank you. We thank you for working in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.